Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Good morning, good morning. We are starting a new series. The series we're calling True Identity. And this is probably going to be about seven weeks, and we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians, but we're going to be doing it in a topical way. I know we went through the book of Ephesians not too long ago in midweek, but this is going to be a little bit different. And I want to talk about three things with you this morning. We're going to talk about the hidden themes that are in movies and stories and books. We're going to be talking about the gospel and the goddess Diana. And then we're going to be talking about family. Just to give you a little map of where we're going. Any of you watch the ID channel? Come on, confess. Okay. You know the channel that always talks about the people who they discover, you know, killed someone and they find out how they did it? It's usually the husband okay, who's having an affair with some woman and wants to get the life insurance from the wife. And so he makes some elaborate scheme and they go through and they, they find out, you know, the DNA and they find out the little clues that convict the husband of the murder. It usually is that, you know, you start and go, oh, he did it. You know, that's who it is. It's always the husband. One time, this is true, Corrine, after watching the ID channel said, if you ever want to leave me, just go. You don't have to kill me. Okay? You can just go. You got my blessing. Get out of here. Just don't hurt me. You know, and I'm just like sitting there on my tablet going, what are you talking about? What's going on? And just watching the ID channel can be detrimental to your health. Just letting you know. But one of the things that is part of this is, you see someone and you think they're someone and they're really someone else. You thought he was a nice insurance salesman and you find out there are no such things. No, <laughs> you, you find out that there was a darker side to him, that he wasn't the nice guy that everyone thought he was. There was something else 
underneath it all and that that was his actual identity. And there's something in us that has this desire to be known, but then this feeling of inadequacy to who we are. And so turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 as we look at this. We're going to start at verse 1 and we'll go through verse 10. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mercy of his will according to his purpose, with which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, this actually whole chapter is one sentence where Paul just goes on and on and on and on. It's kind of hard to breathe through it because it just keeps going and going and going and going. But what Paul is doing through this letter is trying to help us connect to that true identity. That which is who we really are. The DNA of who we are that believe in Jesus. Now, whenever you go to that movie and or read that story, there is an underlining theme that shows up all the time. And if the movie's done well, you're not really aware of it. But the theme goes something like this, where there is the, the mortal, but actually he's a mutant and has powers. Or he, he's not a very good athlete. His name's Rudy, but he's got a big heart. Or he's a hobbit, but really he's a hero. And so there is the person that we see, but then there is the person that they become. And it could be for the good or for the bad, but we start to see an underlining theme that there is more than meets the eye that this person has something more within them that shows up at the end of the story or through the story as they you know, sacrifice their life and they become the hero. They seem like the normal nerdy kid, but really they're just Superman in disguise. And this hint of who they really are is just shared throughout the movie, but then it's unveiled somewhere along the line. And what happens is we look at that and we say, man, that Peter Parker, he can never make it. But man, he is Spider-Man. And if, you know, Gwen just knew who he really was, she would love him all along instead of Biff or whoever that guy is, right? And we want to identify with those things because we seem 
to have this normal life. We seem to have this ordinary life, but we have this idea of a life that is much bigger. And it's almost as if it's calling up to us to become more than we are. And so these movies resonate with us as we look at these things and we start to see that there's something pulling us. It's that we feel that the underdog can win. We have this sense that even though we're just ordinary, we have extraordinary in our DNA. And really what Paul is pushing on us here is very similar. You see, you might not feel blessed. You might have a cold this morning and you've got bills due that you don't have money to pay for. And you've got a job that's stressing you out or that you just lost. And so you don't feel very blessed. And then Paul comes here and he tells you that you are. That he has, look at verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You ever read something and think, huh, and you just keep reading and never stop to say, wait a second, is that true? Are you blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? Do you feel like you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? Or do you feel more like the hobbit who is trying to get his way to Mordor to cast in there? I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, by the way. (laughs) And it just doesn't seem like it's really true. I know it's the Bible, so it has to be true, but sometimes it just doesn't feel true in real life. What do you do when you find yourself living the mundane life but being told that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? What are you going to believe? What are you going to live in? into what story is going to shape your life is it the circumstances that you find yourself in or is it the reality that god says he has put you in and what do you do when it seems to be a gap between those two how do you feel that gap And how can you allow the voice of God to champion the life that you should be living instead of the life that you're feeling? See, that's where Paul starts off. He starts off and says, your true ID is this. This is who you are. And the church that was in Ephesus was a a very substantial ministry that branched out and affected a lot of other cities. Ephesus was a coastal city. And Ephesus was the home of the temple of the goddess of Diana. 
go ahead and throw up the picture of the goddess of Diana. This was in Ephesus, and this was the prominent religion for most of the people that lived in Ephesus. Diana was a goddess who was goddess over nature. She was the goddess of light and the animals and all these things, but she was very fickle. She was very hard to find. She was very hard to please. She was responsible if your child was born healthy or not. And so when you didn't have a healthy child or you lost a child in childbirth, which happened more then than it does now, then it was because the goddess of Diana did not bless you. And so they would go to the temple and offer to the goddess Diana offerings, whether it would be, you know, a live sacrificial offering or some sort to try and get her to look upon you with favor so that your child would be born healthy, so that you would have good fortune. But there was no telling if she heard or not. It was a toss of the dice. It was a flip of the coin whether Dianus would give ear to you and be pleased and bless you or not. And then you have these people coming and saying something different, saying that you don't have to appease God, that God is actually for you, and that he himself has given his life for you. And this is something that we see taking place here. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. That God actually extended himself to you that it wasn't you had to go to him, he's actually come to you. Do you understand that in this faith, God is for you? And it's not based on what you do. It's not if you are good enough. It's not if you don't sin. It's not if you meet the requirements and do the things and get to the right level and God can look at you and say, okay, now I like you. Now I'll listen to you. No, it starts off with him where he has extended himself and has adopted you into his family. Think of that picture. Because when you're in a place of adoption, the kid doesn't choose the parents. They're at the mercy of of the parents completely. And the parent says, I choose you to be my child. What did they do? They weren't born that way. They were chosen. And so this contrast of the goddess Diana, who you have to appease and please, and this God who is extending himself for you that we call the gospel. And he's telling us that now we've been adopted into this. This is now what we have as our understanding of God. It's not pleasing him. It's being called by him. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. That's how we were predestined. That's how we were called. It was through Jesus Christ. 
And this flips the understanding of who God is upside down. Because if I didn't earn God's blessing, but it was given to me, then it's not up to me whether I lose God's blessing. It's just his blessing. God is rooting for you no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you need to understand that God is for you. And that can set you free. I went to a volleyball game, my granddaughter's volleyball game. It was a tournament. Tournaments last a long time. (laughs) There were five different teams and they played two games for each team. And it started at, well, we got there at 5.30 and we left at 8.30 watching 10, 11-year-olds try to play volleyball. It's not quite like the Olympics, <laughs> not as riveting. Um, you kind of have to duck every now and then as the ball comes flying your way. And our team, my granddaughter's team, They're new, all of them. And so they have a scoreboard and they start tracking how many games, you know, people win and how many they lose. And the first team they played were the Eagles and the Eagles ended up nine and one. And then they played the Pumas. The Pumas ended up nine and one and so on and so on and so on. And our girls, the Cougars, ended up zero and ten. We didn't leave at game eight when they were playing the first place team because we said, man, this isn't going to win. There's not a chance. And we didn't stop rooting for them. And when she hit the ball and it hit the roof and hit the lights in the auditorium, (laughs) we cheered her on. Man, that was powerful. That was a great hit. You see, it doesn't matter the standings, I'm for her. Because I care about her, I'm going to root her on even if they lose every game. It never changes my being on her side, wanting her to succeed. Do you understand that that is your position in God? Because you need to. You need to understand that when you're at the bottom and you have failed and you have lost every game, that you've got a heavenly father that is rooting for you saying, you can't do this. You can get it over the net. There is more in you than you realize. I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're thinking about who you were, and I'm thinking about who you are. You're seeing the things that you can't do, and I'm seeing the potential that you can do. Who are you going to believe? Because that ends up being the deciding factor with what you do. If you say, no, I'm just no good. I I can't succeed. I will never succeed. And that chooses to be the road you start walking down. But if you hear the voice of God saying, no, you can do better. I have given you the ability. I have blessed you. 
then you actually start to put the effort into it. It would be great when you'd see one of the girls hit the ball and it gets over the net and they get so excited. It's like, I can do this. And we're all like, yeah, you can do it. Next one doesn't go over. It's like, okay, it's okay. Shake it off. Shake it off. You can do it. And they did get better. And they will get better. Whether they win or not, we will root for her every time. And whether you succeed or not, whether you stand or fall, God will root for you. He is for you. This isn't the goddess Diana you have to please. This is the God who's extended himself to you, who has adopted you, who has predestined you for this adoption according to the purpose of his will. You see, in him, verse 7, we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. This is where it starts. This is who he is. And he's made you family. This is the starting point of our faith. Not our ability, but God's blessing. This is Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why would the poor in spirit be blessed? Because there's this kingdom of heaven. You see, they've been brought into this relationship because of what God has done. And it really is all about God. I mean, you start going through this idea of adoption and and being brought into the family, and you start seeing that really is all about him and not about our ability. No one comes in here and says, yeah, I've got it together. I know, I'm focused. I'm determined. I've got the smarts. I've got the know-how. I can do this thing. That's not what we're about. It's like, great. I'm glad you're doing well. But this is about what God has done. And as you go through just even this chapter, we see that he has blessed us in the king, verse 3. He chose us in him, verse 4. Foreordained us through him, verse 5. Poured grace on us in him, verse 6. Gave us redemption in him, verse 7. Set out his plan in him, verse 9. Intended to sum up everything in him, verse 10. We have obtained our inheritance in him, verse 11, because we have set our hope on him, verse 12, and have been sealed in him with the Spirit as the guarantee of what is to come, verses 13 and 14. Do you understand that God is holding you, that it is all about him, that it is by grace you are saved, not of works, You have nothing to boast about. It is all him. And so if it is God who has brought you in and you are not there because you made the choice, then you don't get to make the choice to leave. You are his. You are his family. And you can choose to live in the squalor of the world and stay in this pit or you can choose to live in him and all that belongs to him now belongs to you. 
no matter where you are. And, and you go through the difficulties of life. You, you lose someone who you love. You find out you have cancer. You go through the struggle with your family. It does not change your standing in the heart of God who is for you. Just like the love of a parent doesn't change even when their child does something and has to go to prison. It doesn't stop you from loving. It just hurts. And God doesn't stop loving you, but sometimes he hurts when you hurt. And he struggles with your struggle. It's so important to recognize that family doesn't get to choose. You didn't choose your parents. You got them. That's how it works. You don't get to choose how God loves you. He just does. You get to choose whether you step into and accept and live in this love or not. You see, this is our starting point. This is where we begin. I I love that so many people I know who have come and visited us, even people from Mexico or people from Haiti, felt welcome, felt like this is family, that desire to be with us when they are here, that they want to be among us because there is a sense of, I I feel comfortable there, I feel like I belong. It means everything to have that sense of, you know what, I'm okay here. And that's what we emphasize. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey of life. You're welcome here. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. You're welcome here. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your faith. It doesn't matter if you believe. If you don't believe, you still belong. Why? Because God is for you. And we are for you. And I want you and I want me, I'm speaking to myself as well, to embrace the truth that God is for us. And if he's for us, really, who is against us? And if I've been blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places, then how am I viewing my life right now where I'm at? Because I'm going through things just like you're going through things, and I'm struggling just like yours are struggling. Do you understand that there is nothing you can do to change God's posture towards you, that it is for you, it has always been for you, it will always be for you, that there is nothing you can do to change God's love for you. It's been demonstrated fully in the person of Jesus Christ. Now what we have to do is live in this love And walk as if it's a reality to us because then we can have hope for tomorrow because we know that God is for us today. And that's how we choose to live. And that's the identity that we are going to have. That's the truth that we need to connect to. And boy, do we need to connect to it. Boy, do we need to embrace it even as it has embraced us. Paul is trying to reorient our way of thinking. He's trying to free us from 
the earthly constrictions. He's trying to free us from the religious conceptions of you have to please, you have to appease, you have to do good enough if you're going to be accepted. No, that's the way the world does things. That's the goddess Diana or a god of religion. But that is not the God who is for you, who has adopted you, who has brought you into his family and called you his own. We need to change the way we think. We need to open our eyes to this aspect that every blessing that we have is here and we need to open our eyes so that we can start living in it, start walking in it. And eventually we learn to discern the transcendent things that we have are over the senses. That we can actually live above all the things that we go through. And Paul's great prayer at the opening of this letter is a celebration of the bigger story that you and I find ourselves in, which every person who names Christ is a part of. It's only by understanding and celebrating the bigger story that we can hope to understand everything that's going on in our smaller stories and then observe God at work in our lives. So the theme of your life's story is, oh yeah, you were born human. You were a mortal. You were an orphan. You were lost. You were broken. You were weak. But that all changed when the person of Jesus Christ came into your life and you surrendered and said, I need you. That all changed, and then you became adopted. Then you had a family. Then you were blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Then you were able to do all things through him who strengthened you. Then you were able to have a relationship that was alive and powerful with the God of the universe. And then you were able to overcome all those things that have overcome you for all those years. Why? Because you did better? No, because you trusted the one who is better. Because you leaned into that reality instead of holding on to the way your mind has been thinking all this time. And the change happens when you recognize what God has done and what he has made you to be. I hope for the next seven weeks we will determine to live our lives in this truth because the world needs us. See, the church in Ephesus, it said that went on, they had an amphitheater, they found some 20,000 people. It's said that that church actually filled that amphitheater with Timothy as the pastor. Timothy, the one who was timid, the one who was frightened, the one who Paul had to encourage and say, hey, don't let people despise your youth. He ends up being the pastor over a church in Ephesus that has 20,000 people? How did that happen? The same way it happens to everyone is it starts with him and you are in him and what he has done for you. And that becomes the reality you start to live in. I start to live in. That starts to shape the identity of how we see ourselves. I am no longer 
worthless, that even in my weakness, I find strength. Because my vulnerability, my humanity, it doesn't have to be hidden. I don't have to pretend it's not there. I know it's there, but God welcomes me still, and I can get past it now. This is gospel. This is good news. If you take anything with you home tonight or this morning, whenever it is, take this home that God is for you. Understand that. Wrestle it through. Let it be what shapes who you are. Let's pray. Father, what would change in me if I believed this to be true? If every morning I woke up and I said, you are for me today. How would it affect my struggles? How would it affect my doubts? How would it affect my day? If I lived with this identity that God is for me, how would it affect my mind when I go through the illness, when I struggle with the weakness, when I get the rejection from someone else, if I lived with the reality that you are for me? How would it empower me when I talk to someone who has before intimidated me, enter a conversation that seems too big for me, talk to someone about you who I see is smarter than me, but I have a belief that you are for me. What boldness would we find if we saw you at our back holding us up, holding our arms up, holding our body, lifting us up, pushing the ball over the net, carrying us through the times that we can't stand on our own. How would it change our lives if we saw the true identity that you give to your children? So I pray this morning that everyone here would see that they have been adopted. Not because they were good enough, not because they were smart enough, not because they didn't fail. They were adopted right where they were at because you loved them first. Set us free from this mindset of having to appease you, having to please you. Set us free from this notion that we can do anything to stop you from loving us. Set us free so that we can live fully with the identity that you give us in Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. May you realize how much you are loved, that God has chosen you and has lavished on you his blessing.
May you not limit the goodness that God wants to show in your life. And may you walk in this reality. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.